be damned if the same politicians who refused to act then are going to try to come back today. The real content of any kind of revolutionary thrust lies in the, in, in the principles and the goals that you're striving for. When the powerful use their position to bully others, we all lose. A system of justice will be the richer for diversity of background and experience. She's a woman! Hello, everybody. It's me, Ms. Cracker. I'm here with my co-pilot, Caitlin, and it's time for She's a Woman. It's a podcast for every human being who looks into the mirror and says, She's a woman! And for the people who love them. Every week, we talk to incredible women of all kinds from all walks of life and invite them to share their stories with you, our incredible listeners. And that's exactly what we are going to do today. Hello, Caitlin. How are you Hello. doing today? I'm pretty good. I lost two pounds this week. You lost two pounds? I did, yeah. I just want to put it out there that you have lost 22 pounds That's now, right. And you have done it all by... Wow. How did you know that? Did I tell you that? Well, you told me that you lost 20 pounds. Okay, yeah. And then you said yeah. you lost two pounds. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was like, yeah. That's right. I personally have lost 10 pounds. Wow. Double digits. I don't know how many, like... <laughs> animals that is i don't know uh two french bulldogs two french bull- wow two french right bulldogs though, but, yeah. yeah no but yours is like they said that you lost two, two house cats yeah of two worth of weight yeah. yeah so you should give them to juju because oh, it's true <laughs> she, she could use them. two more cats yeah <laughs> um i'm so glad to be doing the podcast today we have so much fun stuff going on i think by the time we release this podcast uh i will have two holiday singles out i think so Oh, yeah. We have eight days of you and get me the F out of here. So, yeah, those are out and they are available anywhere you stream music, right? That's right. But also, they are on YouTube where you can watch the music videos, which mm-hmm. are going to be amazing. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, we have so much to get into the podcast today. We have to dive right in. And I want to go into our serious groundbreaking interview right away. But first, I have a little treat for you. Every week we do a little segment called Here's the Good News, where we share positive stories torn from the headlines. <laughs> the idea is that they'll bring you, our listeners, a little hope during these difficult times. And this week we're not only bringing you hope, but also dopamine. So like, hopamine. Oh, yeah, there you go. You come up with that all by yourself? I did. Okay. <laughs> like, this show is written and produced by <laughs> Caitlin and Cracker and only Caitlin and Cracker. Uh. Okay, here's the good news. Some researchers believe that staring at images of cute animals can actually legitimately improve your mental health. Now, this research was done in Canada, where everyone is already healthy anyway, so I'm not sure that it applies to American listeners. (laughs) But here's the deal. (laughs) University of Victoria neuroscientist Olav Krigelson, that was a lot to get through. Krigelson? Yes. Wow, okay. University of Victoria neuroscientist Olav Krigelson has done some studying, and he says that images of adorable things, kittens, fluffy puppies, dogs at airports, right? They give the brain a short-lived chemical boost that can help you function better in the long term. It doesn't matter what your cultural background is, it works the same. So basically, images of cute things are like mental medicine. 
Wow. Us humans don't deserve all the things animals give us, you know? All the time. All the time. And they're not even trying. They're just being. And that's helping. So great. You passed this story along to me, and I can't remember where you found it. Some Instagram something. Some, it's yeah, like some I don't know. small animal yeah, Instagram. Right, yeah, right, yeah. But um, I then went and did the research, and it's yeah. not just it's a, real. It's a real thing. Okay, good. Yeah. So here's the science. According to Kriegelson's interview for CBC, that's Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, Caitlin. Canada! <laughs> According to Kriegelson's interview for the CBC, staring at cute things activates the amygdala, an area of the brain that deals with emotions and other emotional areas of the brain, causing a minuscule blast of dopamine working the same chemical reward system activated by drugs like cocaine. So, wow! So we could cure addiction with I like this idea. animal pictures. <laughs> exactly. Like, right? instead of crack, <laughs> try this adorable dog. Wow, we're on to something. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I think we're on it. Yeah. Um, so suddenly you feel a little happier. And here's the really important part. That happiness can lead you to being a better functioning human being. A brief burst of dopamine ramps up other cognitive systems allowing you to think and function better and to do better in life so really it's just a positive uh domino effect that's what it is wow and this is my argument essentially for why you should get a dog because then i really want one yeah. right we would have a constant supply of uh dog images it's true for free for me and you know at great cost to you but yeah i mean it would be i can't get one because it'd be expensive i know but think of how much it would give in return i know but if there's like a vet emergency that's a lot of money it is a lot of money we are gonna have to wait until we're like rolling in cash again yeah that way you know it'd be like oh my god he has a little cough i have to take him to the vet you know Like, it, like how parents do with newborns, you know? Right. That'd be me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. So that just made me feel really happy. And I'm glad that we could share it with you guys. But now it is time to get serious and also get funny because we're going to bring on our guest for the day, whose name is Marie Faustin. She is a friend of ours, I would say, at this point. Yeah. I mean, we've known her for like... Four or five years, yeah. almost. Which, we, wow, you know. <laughs> we've been going to her shows as a comedian, and not only the ones that she's in, but the one that she organizes, and they're yeah. hilarious all the time. She has really good taste in comedians, and she's a really good comedian. Mm-hmm. It's kind of disturbing how funny she is all the time. Like, without even... Like, she just opens her mouth, and she's funny. Yeah, she's one of those she's people... She's not even trying to make jokes. She's just funny. Very yeah. funny. And you're kind of like... I'm, as me, as a comedian, I'm always kind of like... <laughs> Because I can't keep up. Do you know what I mean? I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that's right, Marie. (laughs) Um, Anyway, but Marie Faustin is a New York City-based comedian and actress actress. Well, let's, we'll see about that, Marie. (laughs) Marie Faustin is a New York City-based comedian and actress. She has appeared on Broad City, Comedy Central stand-up, VH1, the BET Awards, and True TV, among other things. And of course, she has her amazing podcast, Unofficial Expert, which she hosts with her lady friend, the hilarious Sydney Washington. So I am very excited to welcome Marie to the show today. Do you remember when I came to your apartment 
Yes. Like years ago. This uh-huh. is like, yeah. like the year that we met. I've known you for a couple of years now. Yes. I knew you before you were verified. You knew me before I was verified. Look at Absolutely. us. Absolutely. I know. Look at them go. Yeah, you were you were coming over for the original podcast, which was called Time for Dinner. And I had a studio apartment. Yes. Um, and I'm looking at the folding table that we use for it right now. Um, yeah. Kept her. Uh, and yeah, those were, we had all the hopes and dreams at that time, but I had not touched the television once at that oh point. Oh my God. Can you screaming. like, can you even remember what it felt like to like, to not be like at the level that you are right now? I could say whatever I wanted on the mic with no oh repercussions. God. Ah, the good old days. The good old days. <laughs> anyway. Okay. I'm going to introduce you now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody, I am. I, I I only talk to people I genuinely am excited to talk to, and I'm very excited to talk to this lady uh, today, uh, Marie Faustin. I know you from the warm up, which mm-hmm. was a stand. C- Caitlin is looking at me like, "Wow!" Oh my Boom. God, Caitlin is there. Caitlin is here. Yeah. Um, and it's time for dinner. It's time for dinner, <laughs> Caitlin. We used to go. We used to, I used to have a show like every night in New York, but um, before my Saturday show, we would mm-hmm. go down to the warm up, which you ran with Sydney, mm-hmm. and uh, see all of the comedians that you handpicked. Mm-hmm. And I remember it being just the one of the funniest comedy series that I had ever had the privilege of seeing, and I was obsessed right away. So. And you used to come dressed up like you. I think you would come to my show before you would perform and you would have like the 17 wigs on and you would have the little shoes on and I feel like there was always a little suitcase and then one day you came and you were not in drag and you're like hey girl and I was like who is you and you're like it's Cracker. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> because I'm not friends with any white men. That is crazy. No. <laughs> Either we're dating or I don't know you. Right. Either you're paying my rent or I don't know, or you're kicking me out of my building. I was like, I don't know who that is. I was like, sir, how dare you speak to me like that? <laughs> you were like, hey, girl. I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's going on now? Like, uh, how are you? How are you doing in in the world right now? Because I met you in the heyday of people going out in public. Uh, remember outside? Remember outside. I went to a little like gathering the other day. It was like five people there, and it was like, oh, what am I gonna wear? It's like <laughs> it's so easy to be in the same clothes for three days in a row. Oh, and absolutely. And like, forget to put, well, I always put my serum and stuff on, but um, I don't always wash my booty. But I um, I started the pandemic like really well. Like I was cooking and baking and I'm like, I made weed butter. I made a cheesecake. Like I was doing all those things. And I am now at the point of the pandemic where like, I haven't turned my stove on in two weeks. Um, yeah. I'm ordering everything online. Cause I'm like, oh, I need a new rug. I need a new this. I need a new that. Like. I am spending all of my money on making my apartment look perfect. Oh, that's you know? the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though it was fine before I started ordering stuff, but now it's like, well, people are going to be coming over here. And then every time somebody asks me to come over, I'm like, ew, for what? Like, no. For bed bugs? Why? I'm like, yeah, I don't want to see anybody, but I want to be ready for it if I do need to see somebody here. 
like I've been doing basically the same thing. I like right now I'm sitting in an outfit that I've worn for seven days mm-hmm. and uh, I've put on the, the quarantine 15. So oh, you have. OK, so she's thick now. Oh, she is she thick. And uh, I went to pull on these pants like three days ago and the little um, strap, like belt loop Mm -hmm. ripped and then the (laughs) waistband tore in half, but they stay up and I stay alone. So I don't have to do anything about that. I'm still wearing these pants (laughs) ripped on the back of the butt. Oh, I love that. Easy access. Come on. Yeah, easy access. They're chaps now. (laughs) Okay. That's what happened. I love this Uh, for you. Wait, so are you alone? I have mm-hmm. my I have my partner in my house and I have Caitlin, my partner in life, but they don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I have a quarantine bay. I've had one since the beginning of the whole thing started. I was laughing at all my friends that were alone and horny when like the pandemic started because I was like, well, I'm getting good dick on a regular basis. And then, wow. yeah. And then he like hurt his back and he I couldn't see him for like a week. And I was like, why, Lord? Like, why have you forsaken me? And it was like, girl, relax. <laughs> yeah, you've had to survive a whole week by yourself. I was like, when is, so but when is your back? Like, what happened? Why? Why did you do this to us? And he was like, my neck hurts, babe. And I was like, can I still sit on your face? Like, <laughs> and he's like, no. And I was like, can you, from the side? <laughs> I'm coming um, over with some ibuprofen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but he's, um, we're having a good time. And um, I don't know, I feel like this whole thing has like accelerated how relationships go. It's like oh. ended things faster and it sped things up. It's like putting something out in the sun. It's either going to dry up or get real moist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Real it's, fast. It's moist. You know what okay. I mean? It is moist. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you doing like, um, are you doing the outdoor comedy thing too are you are you or have you stepped back what are you doing oh my god this is like this is the million dollar question right like so when people ask me what I do I always say well I used to do comedy and yeah um I tried to do so the last show up hold on Brooklyn um I tried to do I did one live show in like May or June I don't remember what month it was we were outside and it was hot and then um And then I did it and it was like, it was like not as good as like, it was fine. The show was fine, but it was like not as good as what comedy could be or has been for me. So it was like disappointing. Yeah. And all of the jokes that I used to do, I don't remember. (laughs) And they don't feel like, they don't even feel like things that I want to talk about. And I haven't written anything new because it's like, for what? So. The show that I did, I was like doing crowd work. We're on the street. There's people on the their fire escapes. I'm like yelling at them. Cars are driving by. I'm like, you know, whatever. So I said, I did that. I survived. I'm not going to do any more, but I think I'm ready to start back again. So I'm going to start yeah. this week actually to do some shows. Oh, um, nice. Mm-hmm. Still don't have anything to talk about. Oh, um, you always have something to talk about. Marie. I know, but I'm like a crowd work comedian. You know me. Yeah. I go up. I'm like making fun of the guy's shoes in the audience. I'm laughing at yeah. this lady's bangs, the bang. I'm not like I'm not preparing stuff. So when you're doing an outdoor show and everyone's kind of sad and kind of ugly and wearing a mask, it's like, mm, I'm, I'm going to ask you what you did today. I know what you did today. You spent too much money and you ate too much. Like, yeah. 
Like, yeah, they're sad. They have a mask on and they're far away. So right. like, like the the key thing about an audience is they have to be like close together in order for that laugh to build up. Mm-hmm. But if there's like literally an Arctic breeze blowing mm-hmm. between your audience members, they can't mm-hmm. hear each other or feel each other and you can't hear or feel them. It is very different. It is like perhaps even worse than a Zoom call. Oh, I think. For, oh and then people yeah. were trying to like book me for Zoom shows and I was like... <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, But then I, but in the beginning I was saying yes and I wasn't performing. I was just talking to the host. I was like, well, what you got on today? Let me, let me see what the outfit is. And it was like, it was like, girl, like this is, it was funny, but it was like, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to tell these jokes again. This is just a funny conversation. Um, Have you been performing? I just did two stand-up gigs. I did. Mm -hmm. One of them was called Now and Then. Is that right, Caitlin? I nailed it. Oh, my God. (laughs) My COVID dementia hasn't completely Mm -hmm. ruined my memory. Um, Okay. Now, Mm -hmm. I feel like I know you really well from your sets. Like, I have a vision of your life, but I want to know about your story and how you came. Okay, wait, wait, wait. What do you know about me from stand-up? I know that she, uh, I know that you have done bartending. I know that, that it wasn't your uh, priority. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, the world's I, crappiest bartender. <laughs> I know that she loves a free glass of wine, mm-hmm. you know, and like seeing how energetic you are on the stage, I can imagine you are energetic with your people in your life. But mm-hmm. um, what I want to know is how comedy started for you, where it all began as far as like, stand when up. did you know you were funny? No, I, not even stand up. Like, when did you know you were funny as a kid? Um, I've always been funny. Um, I come from like a funny family. My parents were really strict and it was like, well, I guess I got to stay home and crack myself up type stuff yeah. like that. My parents were like, only thing that matters to us is school and church and family. And it was like, ugh, yay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so my guidance counselor in high school is the first person who ever told me that I should do stand-up. And I was like, I can't get no scholarship for this. Like, you're a terrible guidance counselor. <laughs> that is a terrible guidance counselor. She's like, the, she's like, I've looked at your GPA and I think... <laughs> credit wise (laughs) credit wise (laughs) every time you come in here i laugh so you must be stand up girl well she did like every time i came in there she did laugh and i was in there like lying and telling her about all this stuff that i made up about the weekend and she was like that's hilarious so she would pull me out of class and they would lock the guidance office doors and then i would like tell stories like i would low-key be doing stand-up for like the principal and the vice principal and like this secretaries at my school and it was like I should be in class I have pre-calc right now and it was like no you have comedy comedy with guidance counselors right now so um I did that and then I didn't start doing stand-up until like later but people have always told me that I was funny like they're oh my god you're so funny you should be a comedian and I was like but I'm also pretty should I model and they'd be like "Uh -uh. no Your first gig was in the principal's office, which is good to know. Yeah. Um, And then the first time I ever got on stage was on my birthday. I don't remember which birthday it was, but like I invited all my like cousins and my friends and we went to do, we went, they went to watch me do stand up in Times Square. And I was like, look at me, I made it. And it was like, no, you did it. Yeah, you're standing on the uh, TKTS like staircase. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, um, who who did? Uh, oh, I think Alicia Keys. 
and Alicia Keys was on those stairs for one of the videos that she shot. We all Um, been. Yeah. mm -hmm. Um, So I did that. And I think that night is the first time I also, I got my first vibrator that night as well. Fun fact. Um, from like a place essentially right. it was your bat mitzvah it like was my you became bu- a woman oh uh, you became God. a woman comedian that night <laughs> not a comedian but a woman comedian a um, woman comedian comedian um so i just been doing it for a couple of years i do it because i like it and i'm good at it and i don't really have to do that much work to do it you know it's like right. i show up i put a look on because for me my logic was always well, even if they don't think I'm funny, they're going to think I'm cute. I'm like, they don't think I'm pretty. So because they're always like, well, female comedians shouldn't dress up. You shouldn't wear a skirt. You shouldn't show your legs. You shouldn't you shouldn't be too attractive because the people are not going to pay attention to your jokes. And it's like, no, my voice is loud enough for them to pay attention. But they also going to be like those boots, girl, where you got them boots. OK, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we're back. I know that you like to wear a nice, like, metallic swimsuit, uh, like, tucked into some, like, tight jeans. You know, that is what You know she likes a cat suit. (laughs) Yeah, she loves a cat suit. Yeah, she loves, like, a Jetsons futuristic moment. Yes, 100%. And now I'm doing hats? Beach, please. (laughs) Um, But, like, to go outside now, it's like, I guess I'll... But, I mean, I guess that's the cool thing about going outside for these shows that are going to be terrible is... I'll throw a lash on. I'll try a new cat eye technique. And then it's like, okay, well, ask me about what I'm wearing. (laughs) So wait, what do you think about that? I mean, because this this podcast is called She's a Woman and Mm -hmm. it's all about women in their field. And Mm -hmm. I was wondering who is telling you that female comedians shouldn't be appealing or shouldn't be attractive? It's actually funny. It's it was actually I feel like other women were saying it to me. And it was like, if you don't shut your ugly ass up, I'm not I don't believe in self-deprecation because yeah. that's not who I am. Right. Realistically, if I was going to get on stage and be like, I can't keep a man, this, this, this like people would be like, we don't believe you. You're like oozing confidence. <laughs> <laughs> they're like no we no and you're mean there's that's why you can't keep a man it's because you're mean it's not because you're <laughs> ugly um <Right>. so <laughs> um i just think that if you f- look good then you feel good and yeah. like when i started i wouldn't like dress up obviously because i'm like wearing heels on stage was terrifying to me because i was like yeah for me, the biggest thing that I'm afraid of when I perform is that I'm going to fall off the stage. That's it. The ankle wobble. The ankle That's wobble. It. And then off I'm the gonna stage. I'm going to get too close to the edge. I'm going to be making fun of some lady or some man or some somebody who bought their kid. And then I'm going to like, do 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 timber, fall off the stage. <laughs> so <laughs> so that that was like the, the one thing that I was afraid of. But it was mainly women that were like, yeah, you don't want to look too hot up there. And it was like, yeah. who don't want to look too hot? 
<laughs> Wait. So, okay. I feel like um, I've heard a lot of talk from comedians about an increasing community among lady comedians and more shows that are oriented towards lady comedians. Do you think that that's true or do you think that it's just as much as a shark tank as, it, as it's always been? It's still kind of a fight because most times I don't know necessarily now because I haven't seen a comedy flyer since 1999. But when we were out, side doing shows, usually you would go to a show and they'd be like maybe two women booked on the show on the line. Right. But like when me and Sydney book our shows, it was like we would always make sure they were women. We would make sure there was white people, black people, gay people, queer. Like, yeah, because I don't like for the show to feel like it's one note. I feel right. like a well-booked show has a little bit of something for everybody. And it's going to be funny. I'm not just booking you because, you you know, well, we needed somebody in a wheelchair. No. Is she funny? If, she, right. if she's not funny, she got to go. So <laughs> that was that's the only thing that matters to me. Is it funny? And is it too much like the thing that we did before? If it yeah. is, then we could just book that person next month or yeah. next week or whatever. But women, it does feel like women were like up against each other because it was like, well, there's only one. There's only one spot. One. You know, but I'm, I was always like the token funny black girl. So it's like <laughs> you don't have another one of those on the show tonight. So <laughs> I'm here and I'm late, but I'm. <laughs> And, but worth it. And I might be high. Do you remember you booked me for a show one? I think it was also on my birthday. And it was like way on the west side. And I show it's up. On, it, it was at it was at a place called therapy. Yeah. It was was it therapy? I feel like it was like a big hall or something. You did like a big show somewhere. And oh. I got on stage and I was like, the edible that I took just hit me. Just Do you hit. remember that? <laughs> I don't remember it hitting you, but I remember I like, you, you were a hit. That's <laughs> a edible just hit. And everyone was like, ha, ha, ha. And I was like, no, I can't remember anything that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> Let's talk about drugs. And it was like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like I have to pretend when I perform. Yeah. I don't feel like I want to pretend. It's just like the crowd can tell when you're being genuine and they can tell when you're pretending. So yeah. if you see me up here and I'm struggling to remember my jokes, it's because I'm high. It's not right. because I'm not prepared. Right. It's because, you know, so I don't know. I always like to just keep it as real as possible because it's easier to be myself than it is to be anybody else. But it's like, I'm not, look, okay, first of all, you called me an actress, but she doesn't book, okay? She does not book, but um, she will one day. But I, like, I'm not an actress. I'm a comedian. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to go up there and I'm going to, like, I'm going to entertain you, but I'm not going to, like, I don't memorize a script or like, right. I know this, I met this guy once who he had like a regular speaking voice. And then I watched him get on stage and do this like whisper, murmuring, muttery thing. And I was like, first of all, that's dumb because I can't right. hear you. And then second, yeah. like, who is that for? Who is like, oh, I yeah. love that, that silent guy. Nobody is talking right. about the quiet comedian. ASMR comedy. But wait, you haven't done just like, you may not be an actrice, but you haven't done just stand up. You did improv with Second City and Upright Citizens Brigade and things like that. What was yes, that yes, yes. Like? I, was, I was hanging out with white people doing improv for a little bit. And then I was yeah, like, what I'm was not, that? What I'm was that not, like? I'm not yes and in with y'all no more. It's no but. <laughs> no. <laughs> no more zip, zop, zoop. I, I, I said, this is not where I want to be. I don't care about improv. Improv is the worst, I think, of all the comedies. It's actually the least comedy comedy um but <laughs> i said i'm not about to hang out with these these white people in birkenstocks in a basement for all, all this time absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not do like I would step out to do like a scene or whatever, and they'd be like, "Okay, we're picking cotton in a field," and it was like, "No, I yeah. stepped out to do I stepped out to do a scene about being at a Target and stealing," and it was like, "No, we're." <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh no, I'm picking cotton in aisle 17. Um, so I didn't do that for that long. But like, you know, I, I have a manager. She has a manager and I have booked things. And now I'm doing voiceover stuff. I don't know if you can tell by my <laughs> velvety ass throats. Oh, it uh, is sultry. Mm. It is sultry. <laughs> but I've been, that's what I've been doing really that's how I've been making money during the pandemic is I've been um, kind of like booking, not kind of, I've booked um, voiceover things with, with Smirnoff. So it's like, who's that over there drinking a Smirnoff? It's like, is that Ray's voice? (laughs) It's Reezy. (laughs) It's Reezy, baby. So yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's a completely that's mu- that's more fun than doing stuff on camera. Right. Sitting in my house doing voiceover? Girl. Absolutely. That's what you're doing right now. You're, the comments that you made about the UCB and second stage kind of reminded me. I wanted to talk to you about this, too. We are in a very strange time, not just because of COVID, but because of uh, Black Lives Matter as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like mm-hmm. one of the things mm-hmm. that we struggle with as comedians is like, how do I engage with the world when I'm a slapstick machine? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, how do mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. engage with what I think matters and then also be an idiot? So have you had to confront that in your work? Um, I mean, not really. I mean, I'm always dealing with that in my work because I'm a Black woman and yeah. I'm very unapologetically a Black girl. It's like, I'm showing up, I'm roasting all the straight dudes in the room. And right. if they're if they're beige, then they're getting it worse than everybody else. Yeah. If there's a Karen in here or somebody, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, sis, what, what did you do today? How many managers did you speak to this morning? And it's like, you're, you're going to get, you're going to get like me, like a hundred percent me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm never like kind of trying to adjust to make anybody feel more comfortable you should be a little bit uncomfortable when i when i'm talking to you i am like right now (laughs) she's scared um (laughs) but like i'm not but i'm also never trying to make anybody feel i'm gonna i was gonna say i'm not trying to make anybody feel bad but i'm always trying to make somebody somebody feel feel bad bad. yeah (laughs) you should feel terrible um but um i don't know i just think that i can only speak from the perspective of, of a black woman living in america and we see what's happening to black women in this country. So like, you're going to get what I'm feeling that day. You're going to get, you know, a little bit of truth. You're going to get just like real deal black girl magic. So that's, that's what I do. And that's who I am, you know? Yeah. I feel like that was such a wonderful thing. You, and you mentioned this about the warm up already, but I think it's worth underscoring that a lot of the, I felt like it was an activist series because it was so pointed at bringing a diverse group of people that were unapologetically themselves. And there was something to that, that you walked away from that. It felt powerful. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because there's, there's like, it's also, we're introducing you to people that you might not have seen anywhere else. Yeah. Right. Like we booked you on, when we started our podcast, we, you were like the first guest you, we had for our live show. Yeah. 
and you were so funny and so ready and like so I was like oh she gonna be a store you went up there you I thought you had like a, a lady gaga like cage dress on That's right. it was like you were like roasting Sydney's wig and people it was black people in the audience that were like oh you talking about a black girl wig and it was like yes she is <laughs> okay <laughs> but it's like that's like we I love showcasing that. And do you know how many times people will message me or I'll be with somebody and they'll be like, oh, I saw this Netflix special or I was watching blah, blah, blah show. And I saw somebody who I saw at your show X amount of years ago. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, because we are trendsetters. We're ahead of what is going to be cool. And we we can see it. Yeah. We see who's going to be successful. We see who's entertaining. We see who has star quality because we're all stars. Me and Sydney and you. Um, <laughs> not everybody listening. Not everybody listening. Let me, let me just make not, not sure. Every, no, but, but it's true. Not yeah. everybody is a star. Some people are supposed to be cashiers at Marshalls. And we love you for that. Yeah. But, you know, like we, I feel like, are good at seeing stuff that is entertaining and being like, oh, people are going to love this. The people who support us are going to love this person as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah. What's going on with uh, Unofficial Expert right now? Ugh, we've been recording on Zoom. It's so stupid. Yeah. Um, but it's like me and Sydney speak every day and she calls me several times a day. She is obsessed with me. <laughs> um, but we speak every day and then we have to do the podcast and be like, what did you do today? And it's like, we're not doing that. We just like, we'll talk about dates that we've been on. We'll talk about, you know, sex that we're having. We'll talk about people who go to Sydney's house and eat all of her snacks out of her refrigerator. It's like, it's very, it feels like you're talking to your friends. Yeah. When you listen to my podcast with Sydney, it sounds like you're like having brunch with your two shady, mean friends. And both of us forgot our wallets. Like that's what our podcast is now. Cause we don't really like having a guest on it is weird. Yeah. Because of, of like Zoom delays and stuff. For those of you who do not know who are listening, Unofficial Expert is the hilarious podcast that I mentioned. And it's just another facet of the Sydney and Marie power duo relationship, which makes me wonder, how did you meet Sydney? Because I feel like you guys are such a superhero team. <laughs> we met at an all-female open mic in the East Village. And... I looked at her and I was like, oh, she's pretty. And she looked at me and said, oh, she's pretty. And that is how we met. <laughs> we were both vain and we were like, oh, she cute, she cute. And Sydney's a lesbian and I had a man at the time. And I went, home, I went to his house and I was like, I have a girl crush. And he was like, are you leaving me for a woman? And I was like, no. And then I did leave him. <laughs> Unrelated, you know. Unrelated, uh, no relation. Uh, we broke up because I was tired of like, you know, just wasting this man's time. I was like, I am a terrible girlfriend. I'm gonna go be single for 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> Until COVID arrives. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, we, Sydney likes to call us. She's like, you're my, you're my best friend soulmate. And I'm like, girl, that is literally the gayest thing you've ever said Aww. to me. So um, Anna but... Green Gables, do you know what I mean? That's like, <laughs> that's a compliment with freckles on it. I'm like, girl, if you don't get your hand out my pocket, um, <laughs> but we have fun together. I like, you know, she's another, like, she's a beautiful black woman and she's also somebody who's always like well-dressed and like, she'll put on like, you know, like a smoky eye and get on stage and kill it. Yeah. And um, so like 
she always looks good on stage. I feel like I always feel like I need to look good on stage for the most part. Like when I like my face is always my face. Um, so perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I learned how to contour this year. Oh, hello, somebody. Beach. Yes. Okay. Amen. <laughs> Chisel cheekbones. Amen. And I already have a cute cheekbone. Now it's like, oh my God, is Maleficent here? It's like so sharp. <laughs> yes, not Angelina Jolie though. Um, Angela Bassett. Yes. So Angela that's... Bassett as Maleficent. We heard it here mm-hmm. first. So that's uh yeah, we you know, we're we're both hot. And I have like people after the whole women shouldn't dress up too hot on stage thing after me and sydney started our show female comics would come up to us and be like you're the reason why i dress up when i perform now yes or you're the reason why i put makeup on and it's like yeah you should yeah you need it you ain't got no eyebrows (laughs) (laughs) i guess that's what i saw myself and you guys i was like oh i also dress up when i when i touch the mic do you know what i mean so i was like i see myself in these ladies but do you remember the first time we met friend the first time we met i think was at this little if i'm remembering it correctly i was going to see nori davis and okay right and then he maybe he did not show up (laughs) and (laughs) i met you instead and i was sitting i was wearing obviously a pink uh pink dress and i had this big uh big huge fluffy blonde wig yes yes yeah you looked like Barbie and you sat in like the third row yeah. and you had the hair was bigger than all of the white people's stomachs in the audience. And I remember going up there and I was like roasting people and I was like, oh, my God, look how cute. Look how cute people can be when they come to see comedy. Like, what is everybody else's excuse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember that. And I'm and my memory is trash because she smokes a lot of weed. But I, I every time I see you, I remember you. Um, and then I did your show at therapy a couple of times. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and killed. Ugh. Wait, what a what a fun time! I want to know something from you though, because this I like it's a comedian comedian question. Like, what was mm-hmm. a time that you uh, bombed? Uh, oh my god! I, I remember. Everyone it like remembers it their their bomb disaster. Yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. Okay. I had been having like a string of really great shows, like performing at the Bell House in front of like 400 people, killing it, just having a, I was like, oh my God, she's Dave Chappelle. (laughs) And then this, somebody asked me to do a show, like a little show at this like place in Brooklyn. And I was like, oh, that's walking distance from my house. Yeah, 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 I'll come do it. (laughs) It's going to be cute. And I get there and I remember I was at the bar and I'm talking to this guy and he's like, what do you do? I'm like eating wings. I'm like, Oh, I do comedy. <laughs> and he, he's like, are you funny? And I was like, that question is dumb. <laughs> and he was like, oh, hi, well, I'll sit here to, to watch. And I was like, okay, keep your pants on, you know? And uh, it was like a room full of like pretty black girls with natural hair. And I was like, these are my people. Yeah, you're ready. It's black women. It was all was set like, up for you. Oh my God, it was like alley-oop. It was like, I don't even know if that makes sense right there. I don't really know sports. And so I, they put me up first, right? First of all, the host went up on stage and he was terrible. The, the crowd hated him. Yeah. So the room is cold, not warmed up at all. And then he was like, all right, well, let's start the show then, I guess. <laughs> and he's like, Marie or whatever. And I go up and I tell my first joke and they don't laugh. And I'm like, it's fine. I'm gonna get him with the next joke. Right. Yeah. I say the next thing, they're still not laughing. I'm like, 
I'm going to kill them with this third thing. And everything I said, they were just like, it was crickets. They're like <sighs> blinking and looking at me. And I think I was still kind of like young in comedy. I, if I was to do that now, I wouldn't keep doing my set. I would like roast them. I would talk to them. I would stop what I was talking about and be like, well, what the hell is happening here? Did nobody's direct deposit hit today? Like I didn't, <laughs> I, I just was like, I'm going to keep doing what I came to do. And yeah. um, I was like, all right, well, this is rough. But I said, it's going to be a big finish. I'm going to stick the landing. And I, and I said my last joke and they just <laughs> looked at me it was so bad. <sighs> and then I was like, all right, well, <laughs> that's it for me. Thanks, guys. And it was like two people clapped. And the host was upstairs on the balcony. I had to wait in silence for him to come across, then come down the stairs, then walk down and get the microphone from me. And he gets the mic and he's like, give it up for Marie, guys. This is hard. This is hard. Comedy is hard, everybody. Give it up for- Comedy is hard. Just for coming out. And so I like went up to the balcony and I was watching- I was trying to watch the rest of the show and every comic that went up after me was like, is Marie still here? Guys, give it up for Marie. And it was like, Oh my God, stop. And so I left, I left. I didn't even close my tab. I I had my card. So I left And, and then it started raining and I was walking home in the rain and I was like, I should go back to school and get my master's. Right. Oh, that feeling. And that was the worst, the worst bomb. What's the worst bomb you've ever had? Uh, well, I blame another comedian because I had mm-hmm. I had a comedian as a guest, a pretty well-known comedian as a guest at a show I had at Barracuda. And mm-hmm. uh, he bombed and he forgot his whole set and he didn't know what to say. And he just was like on the mic just being like, it it is hard to do this and you guys are all queer and, and thank you for just being yourselves. And I was like, I could feel the bomb coming into me. Do you know what I mean? Like I was, it was leaving his body and going into mine. And then the, I was like, I'm going to, it's going to, it's living in me and it's going to come out. And -hmm. then I just, I went to a show at, at hardware bar Mm-hmm. A few days later, and I it, I could feel it, and it was coming, and I couldn't. I got up on stage, and it was a packed house, but my co-hostess mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. gone, so I was going to carry the whole show by myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone was amped for their favorite show, and I just couldn't remember anything that I thought mm-hmm. was funny. I couldn't. Yeah see anything funny about anyone in the audience because I felt like I knew everybody from being there every week and so I just I was like don't stick to the strip tell the truth you know and Uh I just started saying these random bitter things about my friends and I just like every time I try to say something funny like you know how friends are they stand you up at brunch and uh, I don't know what the joke there is but uh yeah, I've been yeah. I've been stood up at brunch and I was just like, oh God. And I couldn't uh. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. And I remember just Caitlin was in the audience and I remember seeing my friend Jan, um, another mm-hmm. drag queen in the audience. I could see them texting each other. 
and be like, oh, wow, <laughs> what's going on today? <laughs> and I was just like, everyone else sort of became invisible. And it was just, I could just see those two like texting back and forth and just. Did it, did it get better at the end of the show or no, was it just a rough show? It didn't get better, did it, Caitlin? It was just. It was just, yeah, it was just a hard <laughs> Caitlin's one. like, no, no, I'm still yeah. traumatized. Yeah, um, still traumatized. Yeah, well, some nights are just not going to be your night. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, it's always good oh. when you have a co-host that you can bounce stuff off of. But you know what's worse is when you're having a bad night, but your co-host is killing it. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> you make a joke, it doesn't land, and then they say something, and everyone's like, <laughs> And you're like, am I funny? Wait, am I funny? <laughs> and you're just sweating. Yeah, I've had that before sweating. too. Especially yeah. if you for, for drag, if you're dancing too, you have an off night. You can't. You're dancing on one and three instead of two and four, and mm-hmm. you slip on uh, like a cocktail and all of that, <laughs> and everyone's like, <laughs> everyone's taking their dollars back. They're yeah, like, oh, I actually didn't bring cash with me today. Exactly. And then your your co-host is one of my co-hosts was a like a professional ballet dancer, and she would just mm-hmm. she would just eat it up. She just tear up uh, the floor after me, and uh, I would just, that, I'd just be like <laughs> that bitch. Good, get a round of applause for her, everyone. Just yeah, oh God. Yeah, but I feel like I've seen you dance before. You do backflips and splits, and you got them little tiny shoes. Yeah. It's like, girl, like what you what are you talking about? I can't imagine you having a bad being on the the you know the one in the three yeah um i just i first of all what size shoe do you wear we're a seven and a half in women's oh my god we're the same size shut up <laughs> i love it i have hooves i have trotters like oh. a pig girl just oh my god <laughs> literally she's a woman um she's a lady all right we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be right back okay we're back this is what I want to ask you now. What's brewing for you? What's something that we should be looking out for from from the Reezy? Um, I don't have anything really to... Pl- I, as soon as we end this episode, I'm going to be like, oh my God, I should have said blah, 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 yes, blah. Yes, I'm going to... Yes. I don't... I, off the top of my head, I don't really have anything brewing right now. I have some stuff from West Elm that's supposed to come tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting on some deliveries from West you know what honestly Um, it's the same for me i everything is delayed until uh you know the world is a better place and i don't know i don't mm -hmm. have faith in that girl but um i don't know i i am gonna start doing these like shows outside you know right in time for it to be freezing Freezing cold cold. outside Mm -hmm. just to like see if i I don't know. I think I just need more than two people looking at me at a time. And so that's why I'm going to do some of these live shows. It's an excuse to wear some of the new clothes that I've ordered online, honestly. Yeah. It's time to get that those ASOS orders out in the public eye. You know what I mean? Yes, boo-boo. And also, I don't know if you're doing Shein. Shein is very cheap and stuff. But, like, I ordered some, like, workout clothes, like, sets that came today. And I was like, oh, this is <laughs> this is quality fitness wear. <laughs> Is this Fabletics? <laughs> uh, well, that was an amazing interview. And uh, I love the fact that she never 
lacks for words. You know, she has something to say on everything. It's true, and it's always gold. It's always solid gold. <laughs> so if you feel lonely, we have a new episode every single Monday. So all you have to do is tune in, and we'll tell you wonderful things. That's right. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate it, and review it. We love reviews. In fact, we love them so much. We're going to read some of our favorite reviews right here at the end of every podcast starting in 2021. This show was produced by Caitlin Gretham and done by me. I did it. The <laughs> cast includes Caitlin and me. I was part of the cast. And uh, remember this, if you ever feel down, all you have to do is look in the mirror and say, she's a woman, and I'll be with you. Really confused. Today. I know. I don't know. I feel like we forgot something. I know. I do too. Oh uh, well. 